at the end, you do feel better. So yeah, you mm-hmm. might have thought, oh my gosh, people are looking at me. I, I look silly. What, is, what must they think of me? Well, you get through it and then you're like, oh, okay, I don't even notice. Now I'm finished and I do feel lighter or I've done something. I've chosen to do something that's really good for my body. Welcome to My Health and Safety, the podcast designed to bridge the gap between your personal and workplace wellness. I'm Tamara Misevich-Healy, a passionate health and safety professional who strives to help create a happier and healthier world. Workplace health and safety is simply a continuation of our personal health and safety, but we often feel powerless at work. You know, where we currently spend over a third of our life. Although it may feel hopeless to integrate the two, I'm here to challenge that it's very much within reach and is absolutely necessary for our long-term well-being. Now, Let's learn how to take things from powerless to powerful. Hello, and welcome back to the My Health and Safety Podcast. I am very excited about today's episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be about the health benefits of laughter and specifically about something called laughter yoga. And today's guest is Janine Luby, and she's actually a local practitioner of this laughter yoga in Northeast PA. Um, so I'm going to have Janine introduce herself and give a little bit more background about herself and how she got involved in laughter yoga. Well, thank you for allowing me to talk about this today, Tammy, because I will talk to a lamppost about this. I will talk to, not that you're a lamppost, because you're much more animated and wonderful than a lamppost, but I love every opportunity to talk about laughter and the power of it. So um, a little bit about me. I am, uh, I was born and raised in Scranton, so I'm a Northeastern Pennsylvania person who's chosen to stay here. So I love that I get to share this with people here. Um, I went to Penn State. I got my degree in journalism and I was working. Uh, in basically in uh, communications, started in a small newspaper. Then I went to Blue Cross, uh, and I was fortunate there that I was able to work when I was there for eleven years. Work on uh, healthcare communications tied to wellness. So you know, reminding people to to get you know mammograms and and uh, go get those you know checkups and to eat right and do all those things and the disease management programs, helping people with asthma, diabetes, all those sorts of things. So I learned a lot, and I got to write uh, content that I felt was hopefully making. A difference in people's lives. Um, but the job after a while, it was there was not really what I wanted. I was going for my master's degree at Marywood uh, to get a communication arts degree. And that's where for my research class, I started looking into the value of humor and laughter because it's something that I always was interested in. Um, as a kid, I always joke, I don't know if I'm an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert because I was the shy kid who went to Catholic school. I wouldn't say boo. Like I was like, yes, sister, no, sister. I was certainly not the the class clown. I was like, I would be telling on the class clown. <laughs> you know, basically, <laughs> I was that person. And so I didn't really, I wrote at home. I wrote ideas of like for funny, like greeting cards or ideas for comedy, but never thought I would use it. And then, uh, you know, uh, going for my master's degree allowed me the opportunity to do the research I wanted to do. And eventually, uh, I got into, um, do performing comedy, improvisation, stand-up comedy. So I started to feel the direct or immediate benefits of making someone laugh and feeling a sense of pride and connection with people in the audience. Like, wow, I did that. So I had that side of it. But when I did the research um, at Marywood, I found out about laughter yoga. And that was around 2006. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. So, uh, and I know you'll ask me what that is, and I'll explain that in a couple of minutes. But um, so that gave me the idea of, wow, laughter can be brought about through humor and as kind of an activity or an exercise. So I uh, finished at Marywood while I was still working at Blue Cross. Uh, 2006 got my degree and that summer I decided to start my business laugh to live and uh, basically I left my day job at Blue Cross in 2000 I think is it 2010 so it's been a while now uh, because I really wanted to grow the business um, and I, I won't go off on the uh, don't worry if you do want to start a business and it doesn't take off right away because I basically <laughs> got into all kinds of other things which is fine uh, but basically that's what led me to starting laugh to live my business and uh, promoting laughter yoga. 
Yeah, um, absolutely love it. I love your journey. I love the marketing, public relations background you have, your editing background. I love that you're a comedian. And then this whole laughter yoga, like you're just this very interesting blend, but it's all related, right? You know, laughter is even a form of communication, right? Yes. And um, yeah, so I've I've really, it's been kind of like, I don't want to say a branding struggle, but I do feel they're related. I haven't found the best way myself yet to kind of express it, but I do think it's there. Um, yeah. And yes, my I do spend actually more of my time these days professionally uh, with marketing, you know, writing press releases, doing content for social media, uh, you know, strategic planning, things like that. But it is, it does tie together i do feel that it does because laughter is a form of communication it's not and it's wellness too i mean what i loved about my time at blue cross is that i didn't there were people who uh in the in the department who had to write about benefits and things like what was covered and what drugs were covered and and formulary charts and stuff and i thought oh gosh how boring is that and, and you know i did get to, i did have to look at some kind of boring things like utilization management and you know all those statistics for uh, an organization called the ncqa because healthcare is held to certain standards. But I also love that I had the human side of it because um, not that I'm, you know, I have any great background. I mean, as a kid, I used to be told to ride my bike as punishment because I was that inactive as a kid. So it's not like I was this wellness person. But as I got older, I feel like that's, I've kind of grown into myself as I've gotten older. I didn't start running yes. until I was close to 40, maybe mid 30s. And I ran Steamtown Marathon when I was like 41. So I've always had an interest in, you know, what makes us well benefits of that. So yeah, I do feel that they do tie together because it's like, laughter is good for our health and our wellness, but it is a form of communication. And definitely stand up comedy is a form of communication, because you're telling your story. And a lot of times yeah. with parody and satire, you're trying to raise awareness and get people to think about something. So yeah, they do tie together, I think pretty well. Yeah, you know, it's kind of actually thinking about it being a newer mom, that laughter, you know, it comes before talking. And when with your baby, like, you know, they're either smiling, laughing, or crying, you know, and that's it. And that kind of gives you all of the feedback, you know, that you're going to get before they can effectively communicate. So it's almost like the most basic form of communication. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that. It's, um, there's a great book. <clears throat> pardon me. There's a great book, book, uh, that I get, I geek out about this. And I don't know, this is going to be for everyone, but if they do want to read about like, kind of like get behind the laughter, so to speak. And you know, as you said, it's, uh, it's, you know, that simplest form of communication and even like in primitive times, but there's a book called The Scientific Investigation of Laughter by Robert Provine, P-R-O-V-I-N-E. And it was very, it's not a long book, but it was very interesting when I first got into laughter yoga and doing my business. It's great. I mean, it, it kind of addresses that whole idea of laughter as communication. It it, it talks a little bit about like babies laughing. It talks about uh, tickling and how, you know, people think that's kind of like funny or whatever. But for some people, it's traumatic because maybe they had a brother or sister who would like, like hold them down and tickle them and it yeah. wasn't fun for them. And so now yeah. they literally have, I don't want to say trauma, but kind of around that. Yeah. And then the other part that I totally keyed in on is, you know, this gentleman would watch groups of people and he did his research and how, and again, this is an older book, so I know we've evolved, especially the younger generation, uh, as far as gender uh, goes, but women would laugh more easily or readily at men's jokes. But again, looking back through the years, the power dynamic, it's like, okay, they're my boss or they're, you know, I want to be in their favor. They're the man. I have to laugh at their joke. And so those kind of statistics were interesting. And again, I know this was yeah. written a long time ago hopefully none of that is at the same level these days but but yeah it was a really interesting um you know really interesting look at laughter and how a lot of times we think it's tied to something funny and a lot of times it is or in the case of laughter yoga it's tied to wanting to do something that's healthy but other times he talks about how it's uh you know you giggle when you're nervous you know or ner you know you're standing around and people don't know what to say someone says something completely stupid not funny and people yeah, will right. kind of <laughs> laugh because it's just a form of like again communication you're standing around you don't yeah. know what to do you're nervous and you might laugh a little bit so it's I, I thought it was a cool book to read no that sounds great I definitely would love reading something like that because I also think laughter is a bit of a coping mechanism 
you know, like sometimes if I know for me, sometimes like I'll get bad news, um, you know, maybe more so like business related or something. And I'm just like, oh, all right, <laughs> this is fine. That's life, oh. <laughs> you know, and it's almost like, let me just laugh this out and dull it a little bit and like kind of help you smooth it over. It's almost a bit of a, yeah, like a coping mechanism. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that if you, I, I'd like to do that more, even though I'm a practitioner of it, I'm still like in the practice myself of like, okay, stop cursing. Now let's laugh. But I mean, that's, that's yeah. a great use of what you're doing with laughter because it is, it's kind of like, okay, this didn't work out how I wanted it to, but it's better than, you know, having a fit, you know what I mean? Is because it's healthier yeah. for you to laugh yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. So yeah, laughter, we all do it. And let's learn a little bit more. Um, so you do this thing called laughter yoga. And I guess just for my listeners, I actually met you recently, um, what, maybe a month ago mm -hmm. at a, a networking event in Northeast PA called NEPA Networker. So if you're listening to this and you're local, you should definitely come during one of their networking events. Um, do they have them every two weeks or every week now? It's um so they do. I think the evening ones are kind of like quarterly, but the coffee mixers, yeah. which is where we met, which is is great because if you're someone who needs to be home in the evening or you prefer, you know, you could slip out of the office like in the morning before you go in. They're usually like at eight in the morning, and they try to alternate. I think between Lackawanna and Luzerne County, and I feel like they're not consistent every week, but maybe once every, like you said, maybe once every two or three weeks, something like that. But they're they're pretty yeah. active on social on Instagram and LinkedIn, so. For sure. And they're all over. So, you know, look for a time when they're close to you and definitely get out there, meet people. But that's where I met Janine. And, you know, we started talking about wellness and our backgrounds. And she mentioned this laughter yoga. And I'm like, well, you know, I do yoga and I like to laugh. Like, tell me more about this. Right. And I think this is the perception you get initially is that, you know, you're going to be doing some downward dog and you're going to be cracking some jokes or something. So I guess first, just tell us what laughter uh, yoga really is. Yeah. So I and I liked I'll tell what it is in a way by telling what it's not and then telling what it is, because you're absolutely <laughs> right. You you and like every person I've ever met practically when I'm out and I give out my business card for years. One of my struggles has been um, communicating it, the, it properly in a way that people understand what it is because people know yoga. Um, and it's like they mm -hmm. think of the mat and they think of like, you know, hang, you know, bending and, and working on balance and all those different things. And it's, it's not now, I should say laughter yoga is, it is a practice all over the world. And there might be some regular, you know, when I say regular, I, I'm, I'm not saying the right, you know, hatha, whatever the, the terms are for different yoga forms. Different practitioners might incorporate it into like parts of their regular yoga class but to do laughter yoga in the sense that it's the way it's taught and the way that I do it it has really nothing to do with having to do poses which in a way I think is a nice selling point because I've done it with senior citizens. I've done it with people in wheelchairs. So you don't have to be that mobile. You don't need the yoga mat. That's why I've also, it's worked well at different conferences and people who are dressed up kind of professionally because you don't have to get like bendy and twisty and, and bending down. It's, it's, so it's not that. What it is, is it was started by, uh, Dr. Madan Kataria in Mumbai, India. He's a medical doctor who knew the research, the value of laughter. He said, we need to be laughing more people. And so he went to the parks in, in, in uh, India with his wife, uh, who was also a, they had both taken yoga and they were yoga practitioners. In addition to him being a doctor, they said, we need people to be laughing more. They didn't know how to do it at first. They said they, his story is, he says he got people together and they were all sharing like jokes. So again, you've got that humor. Some people are going to think it's funny. Some people aren't. And that's, that's a beautiful thing that we shouldn't all be laughing at exactly the same thing. We're not like pods or drones, right? So we have our individual sense of what we like. And then he said, after a while, even if you were, if you did think Think the joke was funny it got kind of worn out so he said how can we how can we laugh because that's the end result that we want so it's kind of like imagine if you you want to go for a walk or a run you're like you go do the activity so he's like let's laugh so that's how it got started and it was literally like well let's just pretend let's let's you know maybe we don't need that stimulus we don't need the joke that just happened or the sitcom that we just watched so we're going to choose to laugh and you know some say you know fake laughter although or forced laughter i don't like the term force because force is never a good kind of thing i think of being held up at gunpoint yeah. You know, you're not. I have a good word for you. <laughs> What's that? 
I have a good because I, I have a good word for you because I was explaining it to my husband because he was asking about it and I was like it's intentional laughing ah right yes that's a, that's a good way of explaining it it's like intentional yes intentional that's that's a great word um yeah and Dr. Kataria will say fake it till you make it pretend mm-hmm. um and that those words I'm fine with but forced I don't like but yeah mm-hmm. or intentional is a great yeah. word because you're you're doing the laughter without the the stimulus mm-hmm. so you're doing it and so you don't need to know different poses you don't need to be in a mat a lot of times the way it's done uh you could be seated but a lot of times we're standing and we're really just doing a lot of breathing in and out we're clapping we're doing chants it is kind of playful or a little bit silly it could feel silly we're doing like ho ho ha ha so we're pretend like it's pretend laughter and then when you're together usually it turns to real genuine laughter because you're you're looking at one another you're in that moment but the research that I've read says it doesn't the body doesn't know the difference like you know your your heart or your blood pressure all the blood flow the things that do benefit from laughter aren't like hey wait a minute you're pretending this isn't real we're not going to give you the benefits it the body doesn't know the difference so it's okay if you you do it and you feel uncomfortable and you you know you're just pretending um it's okay because the body doesn't know the difference but so it's about again it's about the breathing it's about the clapping it's about the laughing and it's just it does feel different because you're not used to that you're used to laughing in response to something so i mean i like using your word it's like okay be intentional with your laughter you are going to laugh because you want to feel less stress because you want to feel a sense of lightness and wellness and that's what it's about i love it yeah and i kind of think it's like you know once you start laughing and you see other people laughing it's just so contagious Right. And I mean, have you ever like saw someone just like absolutely cracking up and then like you can't stop laughing because just because they're cracking up, you know, it's not even that it was funny. It's just like the situation, the energy, you know, and I think that's what it really it just creates at first. It's like, okay, we're going to intentionally do this. We're going to do some fun movement, um, incorporate in these little exercises. But then it is lighthearted and everybody's laughing at themselves and you're laughing at each other and it just becomes um this whole mood, this whole thing, you know, and there is movement involved in it. So it is like exercise. There's that breathing. So you're getting, you know, that oxygen and um, yeah, and you're just having a good time. You know, I, I haven't done a full course. I'll have to say that, you know, I went to one of your events and did some exercises with you, but I actually look forward to, you know, doing a full um, class that you have and how long do these sessions? So when you hold a class, how long it does it go so i don't and i like to not that you know semantics but i don't really do like classes so much i don't really do them like a lot of times i I don't have a studio and i'm not really when i started my Mm -hmm. business it was really to reach more like people at once so i tend to do them like uh at conferences for you know um you know i've done them at summer camps anywhere there's a group so i kind of like and again semantics i'm looking for the right word because a workshop a session however we want to call it i've typically i don't do the last part for more than let's say 20 to 30 minutes because it is I mean it is not that it's I mean my gosh people do all kinds of workouts for longer but I mean I haven't really pushed the boundary beyond that like the 20 to 30 minutes but usually Mm -hmm. um, the session or the workshop or whatever I'm brought in for is it depending it could be anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour because there is some explanation um, especially for people who haven't done it before I would never just be like okay (laughs) let's start laughing because you get looks like and you still get those looks but i want to explain um i want them to understand like i don't want to be too dry or boring about it but i want them to understand where it got it was originated just fyi like here's where it came from uh and also tell them okay so why are we doing this talk about the benefits talk about how they can maybe even do Mm -hmm. it in you know their own lives you can laugh in the car when you're stuck in traffic like tell them a little bit about that and then i usually like to do a little closing about um okay so we've just laughed which is something that's good for us and i used to close with like different um the gentleman that helped to bring laughter yoga to America is Steve Wilson. He's a psychologist and he did a book called good heart at living where he says every day we can do something uh, positive. So then I'd say, you know, okay, maybe you're not in the mood to laugh or even smile, but let's say, you know, you focus on something good each day, like Mondays are for compliments, give someone a compliment. Mm -hmm. Research shows that makes you feel good, but, and it makes the other person feel good. So I usually close with like his, uh, something nice and positive for every day of the week, just to have a nice, like calm closing, Mm -hmm. We just laughed. We feel good. But here's something else that we can do. Mm -hmm. uh, Positivity that we can spread kind of thing. 
Yeah. What I really love about this as well is that it's wellness that kind of goes beyond your session. So you're giving them this information and it's kind of changing the way, you know, we look at the world and look at wellness. And it's something that they can take outside of your session and the next day think, hey, you know, all that laughter stuff was really great. And I should probably try to incorporate more laughter into my life because it does have health benefits and feel good benefits. Um, so that's what's really cool about yours, you know, is that it is kind of empowering and um, educational and something that people can use for like a lifestyle change. Yeah. Um, so and I've had cool. people tell me, and this is, I, I will say this not to toot my own horn, but for any of your listeners, if you ever struggle and I do all the time and, you know, feeling like there's so much noise out there and I say noise because there is, there's so much uh, talking out there, you know, like you have a podcast, I have a podcast, there's tons of podcasts, there's tons of social media. And you wonder sometimes if you're ever being heard or making a difference or getting through and just know that you are. Um, and, you know, even I felt this way when I was teaching part-time for seven years, like, you know, there are those students you have hear from who are like, you know, I remember when you said this one thing. So, you know, I do have people who will do it and they'll, you know, I'll run into them years later and be like, oh, you're the laughter lady or, oh, you know, I still think of that <laughs> chant or whatever. And if I can be associated with something positive or if they said, oh, you know, I started at, I have to add more laughter to my life. So now I'm more aware when I'm getting stressed. You are, you can make a difference. You are making a difference. So don't let it stop you that there's so much out there, you know, to do it because I know yeah. I've gotten very negative at times myself. And then, and it's hard to spread something positive when you're feeling like you're not making a difference or, you know, you're being asked to do, mm -hmm. <laughs> to donate your services over and over again. So it, it becomes a little negative and it puts a damper on it. But then when I hear the positives, mm -hmm. I'm uplifted like almost immediately. So it's like, yeah. I would tell people don't yeah, give up right. like whatever you're doing. For sure. I love that. Yeah. Even in the workplace, you know, being the health and safety professional, um, sometimes guys, you know, like to give me a hard time and, oh no, I'm not doing that. I'm not wearing this. Like, here comes safety police, like joking around. Um, and I had this one guy who like always loved to give me a hard time. And the one day we ran into each other and he's like, you know, I was at home and I was had to get on my roof and I'm on the top step of the ladder, like still couldn't reach the top of the roof, was about to climb on. He's like, and I thought of you and you were the voice in my head saying, go get the other ladder that extends past the roof. Like, don't risk it. He's like, and, you know, I got down and got the other ladder. And that moment was just like so amazing because I'm like, oh, that's what I want. Like, I want to be that little reminder for you. I want to empower you to have those moments where you stop recognize something is risky and, you know, change that behavior. So like, that was amazing. So yeah, get having that feedback, you know, because we could get hard on ourselves and life is always hard. And, but those moments, those moments are so rewarding. They make a so difference for sure. I yeah, relate. for sure. Okay. So laughter. Um, I was thinking you could give us a couple like little examples. Sure. Right? Let's do a couple laughing things. Give people the sure. preview. I could use a good <laughs> so laugh. So if you're if you're just <laughs> listening to this, it might it, you may not get the same benefit, but you're still gonna you know get some positive. I'm sure you're gonna smile when you hear this. So, yeah. um, so it's a lot about uh the breath, which is why um you know, and I didn't explain. You know, it is still called yoga because it is that connection of mind, body, spirit of wellness, and there is a lot of breathing, which is a lot of the benefits are like we go through life a lot of times with our shoulders up and we're like shallow breathing where this kind of uh, again, there's that word force, but this enables us, let's say, to really spend time breathing more deeply. So there is a lot of breathing. So we could take like an inhale through our nose and then we can exhale and let out our, a loud ha sound. That might be a warm up. So we could go ha. And I would take us through a series of ho. And then we might go and then you know we have our belly laugh where we go ho, 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 ho. and then i move up to the heart area and go ha, 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 ha. and then raise the eyebrows and we go he, 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 he. and those are some of the warm-ups that we that i do in the beginning just to kind of to get us started um and then the laughter yoga chant is the clap of ho ho ha 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 which i think is really infectious um the more that i've done that i've oh, done yeah. that 
yeah, I will hear people going away, clapping, doing that. And I did something recently for event planners up in the Poconos. And the woman who who messaged me, who coordinated, said, thank you so much for coming. You know, everyone had fun. And they were even doing those little chants at the bar afterwards. Oh, my god! So I'm amazing. like, well, that's cool. Because, you know, that ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. It, it feels good to say it. It's fun. And it's infectious. And then yeah. when I do like the session yeah. and you were you saw like some of the exercises um you know when i learned it they teach us to do like to try to incorporate everyday stuff so i do got like the the washing machine laughter where you're putting it on spin cycle and you're like twisting you know like <laughs> and you're spinning your hips um but we'll sometimes do a theme like you know go to hawaii and then you know i do a low <laughs> and this is an opportunity for people to kind of like in the circle when we do it in person go around together and look each other in the eye and and it's that contagious and that connection where you're laughing with one another never at one another and i at i mean fine if it's not mm-hmm. not mean or negative you know uh i actually yeah. had people mm-hmm. recently who said they thought laughter yoga was doing yoga while people laughed at you and i'm like oh my gosh that's so horrible i'm oh like really God. that's terrible oh. i'm thinking not that i was judging their interpretation but i'm like oh my god what a terrible thing that would be okay now try to do the yeah, tree pose and we're right. all gonna point and laugh that's horrible <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally not in the spirit of what we're trying to do oh no gosh. absolutely not <laughs> i will say that yeah just like watching you just watching you do that like i seriously have not stopped even just smiling <laughs> like you can't not like i don't know it's so pleasant to even just like hear you talk about well, it and, and so it. the one thing i would say too and this is again just to kind of give not a warning but like so you do kind of have to take yourself a little bit lightly to do this right so um so if you are a really serious person and you're hearing this and you're you know because i've come across this oh my gosh that's the silliest thing i've ever seen or that's ridiculous and i will admit Mm -hmm. and and disclose here i have thought that at times i truly even though i've been doing this Mm -hmm. and you know i said before i was a shy person if i wasn't the practitioner leading this and i was let's say i was at blue cross and they brought someone in i remember those times they brought in people and they do an icebreaker and i'd sit there in my seat rolling my eyes i've been that person i know what it's like but i also know after leading this since 2006 that the research is there to say why laughter is important and i do know myself after leading the session i see people's faces they look happy they look lighter i know how i feel so i would say for those folks who are a little bit more i don't want to use the word uptight but maybe just too too reserved and think it might be not in their best nature or character to look silly or whatever just choose to do it just to try it because the benefits are there and i mean if if you can do it even even do a couple exercises because people can change who they are you know what i mean and if you know if they're not hurting anyone well hey do that but think about if you're helping yourself in the best ways that you can i mean this is just one more way i like to say one more tool in our toolbox of taking care of ourselves and and really it spills over because if you feel better then you might you know treat someone else with a better attitude or better mood instead of being all like you know in a bad mood because we do pass that along absolutely i mean i kind of think it's like anything so yeah like that first time it could feel really awkward because we don't ever intentionally like really laugh like that um and it's very playful right and i i think it's unfortunate but as we get older we really lose a lot of like playfulness so it is very uncomfortable it kind of brings us back to that childlike state that as adults we were kind of never expected to be like um so I think it's something that you have to practice almost like anything. Like I remember first yeah. trying meditation and I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, I'm meditating. Like in my head, you know, this is me <laughs> meditating. I'm sitting here, you know, and I'm like, am I doing it right? Like, you know, am I getting the benefits of this? What's going on? You know, and it just, it felt really awkward. Like even just sitting there and I'm like, I got so much to do, my to-do list, what else? And I'm like, that's not right. Like, I'm not supposed to be thinking of these things. And like, you know, change is uncomfortable, especially in the yeah. beginning. Um, and it requires effort and uh, practice. And I kind of think of laughter yoga as that. In the beginning, it's going to be really like, this is strange, right? We don't mm-hmm. do this. What? And then um, the more you practice it, the more you learn about it, you kind of get into a different state and groove with it. 
Yeah. I mean, it's like anything too. It's um, change is difficult for a lot of people and, and being uncomfortable. This is, and this is something I kind of, uh, you know, not to go off topic. I worry about these days where it's like, you know, people trying to protect their kids or whatever. It's, there's nothing wrong with feeling uncomfortable. Like we, we shouldn't abolish this idea. Like, cause you can't, you don't go through life always being comfortable. You just don't. So getting used to being uncomfortable is good. Cause then you learn how to get through it. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes you're just uncomfortable because it's new and that mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's bad you don't we equate sometimes uncomfortable or being uncomfortable with the bad thing but that's not true mm-hmm. um i remember years ago when i took improv our teacher chris barnes and i don't even think this was his quote i forget where he got it but when we would be anxious about a show performing comedy or whatever the improv he said you've got to get through the fire to get to the cooling waters because you're nervous you're you're afraid people aren't going to laugh or they're not going to think you're funny or you're not going to be in the scene enough and you've got all these things and and like any form of being uncomfortable it's like it might feel awkward or like not your best feeling for a while but then just like with laughter yoga at the end you do feel better so yeah you mm-hmm. might have thought oh my gosh people are looking at me i i look silly what what must they think of me will you get through it and then you're like oh okay i don't even notice now i'm finished and i do feel lighter or i've done something i've chosen to do something that's really good for my body so yeah Okay, so laughter yoga, you know, uncomfortable, but beneficial, right? Worth trying. So why don't you tell us, like, why should people try this? Why should people go through the uncomfortableness? Why is it worth it or worth at least giving a shot? Yeah. So, and I'll tell the benefits, but, and I should, I should say, cause now we both said it's uncomfortable. I should say it's not uncomfortable for everybody <laughs> because there are certain, um, there are certain people out there who have done it with and they're like instantly enjoying it mm-hmm. again we all have different dispositions now again i know the type of person i am it took me and even after years of doing it i'll if i haven't done it in a while and i do it and i go my gosh i'll even put this negative thought in my head like this is silly and then when i'm finished i'm like okay there's the proof the proof's in the pudding i yep. feel good those people are smiling who just participated so but but some people are take to it really easily so again yeah. we're all in different places but um so yeah, why should we do it it wasn't uncomfortable for me either the only oh, uncomfortable part was just like the new the fact that our <laughs> our session together was being recorded on live tv so it was more like yeah. let me do this right for her but like the session itself like i am one of those more people that uh yeah it definitely wasn't uncomfortable at all for me i really enjoyed it i love like that social aspect now my husband he's more like analytical and serious so he was like well, this seems strange or whatever. I'm like, it's intentional. You have to intentionally laugh. I was, you know, trying to promote <laughs> to <laughs> that kind of clientele. But um, yeah, so you're right. You're absolutely correct. For some people, it's going to feel real natural and social and fun immediately. For others, it might challenge their natural disposition and have that little bit of uncomfortable new feeling. But yeah, that's why it's important. And I will say, it. I've let it uh sessions for folks like your husband <laughs> yeah. I actually i've done sessions i remember the one was in harrisburg for like uh mechanical engineers or something oh boy oh, yeah. there you go, but they did it seeing yeah. guys swivel their hips like the washing machine now I'll, I'll say and i don't want i'll get back to the benefits i want to tell you the benefits but like watching these guys the way they handle it again it's that social okay this is uncool and if i'm doing it you know because some people are okay with it but then if if their cool uh co-worker doesn't like it. Oh, they shouldn't yeah. enjoy it, and which is very yeah. high schoolish. But let's face it, not everybody. You know, a lot of us still do immature things at times. Still I would see these guys kind of mocking. They were doing it, but they were mocking uh-huh. it. But that was okay because it was like how you know they. That's how they coped with it. Like, ugh, for sure. You know, they for they sure. It was they silly. have to. Yep, they have to make it extra silly and able to do it. And you know, whatever you got to do in the beginning. You know? Yeah, to get through it. So, mm-hmm. um, but so why should people do it? I just I want to tell the health benefit, the wellness benefits of it. Okay. Um, so why do it again? As I said before, it's just one more resource and I'm not telling you it should replace anything. Like it should not replace eating properly. It should not replace your medicine that you're, you know, work prescribed by your doctor. It should not replace a regular exercise routine. It is one thing kind of along. I'll put it in the, in the field of like with meditation, with, uh, more of a light 
you know, light activity because it's not heavy exercise, but really good for your mind and body. And so I, I looked at my I have my notes from uh, my research. I always say it's good for the spirit, the soul, but head to toe because and I have it broken down. Like so if we start with the head, like for the brain, um, it releases endorphins. And I always like to mention Norman Cousins. He is the first person that I really read about. Norman Cousins was um, actually uh, his case was noted in the journal uh, New England Journal of Medicine. He's someone that people might not know the name, but when you start talking about, they're like, oh, I've heard it, that guy. He was the editor of the Saturday Review in the 60s, and he wrote a book called An Anatomy of an Illness as Perceived by the Patient. He was someone who had a connective tissue disorder. It was very painful. He was told that his outlook wasn't good, and he was the type of person who said, I have the illness. What if I have a positive attitude as a carrier of this illness? Won't that make a difference? And so, his uh, story was chronicled because he was the one who would watch Candid Camera, Mark's uh, brother's movies, um, and he'd laugh. And so, they found from him and they wrote about his story that with 15 minutes of what they call mirthful or really heavy belly laughter, like you're really laughing, he was able to get a couple hours of pain-free sleep because of the endorphins that laughter releases. So, that was like one of the first cases where the medical community was like, we can't ignore this, like what happened. Mm. Um, So, and again, I also want to mention, of course, he still had traditional medicine. He still had like, I think they Mm -hmm. talk about vitamin C or whatever he was getting in for his his pain but the laughter helped so this is an added helpfulness so uh also in the brain uh it can alter the serotonin and dopamine chemicals which as we know serotonin can affect mood sleep digestion all kinds of important things uh dopamine like that reward or uh, pleasure zone so it makes us feel good um, the heart, if we move down to the heart, Dr. Michael Miller in the University of Maryland School of Medicine has written, he's done extensive research about not just laughter, but he has also addressed humor, saying that people with a good sense of humor um, are less likely to get a, have a heart attack. Uh, he talks about laughter being good for blood flow, so it, it helps us with our having a healthier blood pressure. Um, there is a Japanese study that was done that says that after a meal, uh, when people People watch like a comedy or something and they laughed uh it actually helped to lower their blood glucose their blood sugar level so that was a healthy thing um and then dr lee burke is someone that i like to mention because he he is like committed to this he's at loma linda university in california and he has done tons of research a lot of what he's talked about is the value of uh helping our immune system he says that it's increased certain cells um that help our immune system and then of course there's the research done about how it helps to lower cortisol and of course cortisol is a hormone in the body which it does have a purpose but if it gets too high that's the stress hormone and that's where we get into issues so if we can laugh we can help to lower that cortisol level so that we can be at healthier or reduced stress levels. So those are just some of the benefits. Um, It does actually, okay, minimally burn calories. I used to joke when I'd go (laughs) out and tell, they say that 50 calories are burned with 15 minutes of laughter. So I'd be like, go ahead, have that one Hershey kiss. You're gonna laugh it off. (laughs) But but if you have that big slice of chocolate cake, you might have to go for a walk later as well. (laughs) Yeah, but you also include uh, movement into your sessions too so you probably are burning a little bit even a more a little right? bit more <laughs> yeah right? a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah no I like I love all that and I love how you stress that you know it's just it's another tool you know because a lot of wellness things they really are layered you know and I always tell people no matter what it is if there's like a silver bullet offering um definitely look into it more because nothing is like that. It is these layers, these small habits, these small tools that we use all the time that add up and make the difference, you know, but chronic stress, whoo, chronic stress, especially I feel like right now, I feel like everybody I talk to is, you know, still stressed from just everything in the world. And I think we could all use more laughter. Um, I know like I definitely can. And I think like, it's interesting too, cause there's different types of laughter. Like as you, we previously kind of mentioned, there's like that social laughter of, oh, <laughs> you know, like kind of smoothing <laughs> things over or like the coping <laughs> laugh, like to kind of dull things. But there is that laugh that is like a really, really good, like deep, true laugh. And it's really funny. Cause this was before I even met you. This was like, 
I don't know, maybe six months ago or something. And I had been really busy with the business and just mummying and running around for so long. And I was in the office and I don't know, I just, I thought of this memory and I just started like laughing really this amazing laugh. And then I started like crying (laughs) and I'm like, what? And I had to like assess like what's going on. And it was because I had not had one of those really good, deep laughs in so long. And I was like, wow, it was almost like a deja vu of like when time wasn't so like hectic. And at that moment, I was like, I need to start incorporating more like me time, fun time, because literally every second of my day was like running around or doing something for somebody else. And it was like that moment that a realization like, I hadn't even laughed like this in, I don't know, maybe over a year. Like, honestly, like a true good, like, like five minute natural laugh. And I was like, that is insanely sad. And then it just really got me thinking, like, why is that? And like, we never laugh in like much in the workplace. And like, I don't know, you just get it to this point in your life that gets so busy and mm-hmm. so serious. Yeah. Um, you know, but when you're young, like you laugh all the time and kids laugh all the time. And then there's just this part of adulthood that like gets very like stressful. Yeah. And then when I met you, I'm like, wow, that's such a nice like little way to try to maybe start getting back or start ensuring you add laughter into your day. Um, because we do need it. You know, we do need that. Um, so yeah, I think this is absolutely great. I think there, I am a hundred percent like believe that there are so many benefits to laughter. Um, and that it is just like another layer that we could add to our, our wellness, yeah. you know, and it's important to incorporate. And, you know, and the, the, the data as far as, uh, stress, it changes, but I know, uh, you know, when I used to go out in it to different corporations, I would do a little research and there's, you know, again, depending on which one you read, no matter what the number is, I've read as much as over $300 billion a year is law are lost. That much money is lost by American companies each year due to stress. And again, that number has probably changed. And the bottom line is whether it's 300, a billion or 600 it doesn't matter it's a lot of money is lost due to stress because it leads to your employees health not being as good Mm -hmm. you know maybe heart attacks um and this is job stress i'm talking about absenteeism so they're not there or and this is where i think of you because it talks about poor poor performance now imagine if they're not doing something and then suddenly it's a safety issue right so Mm -hmm. um and again not saying oh well laughter will cure it no laughter is just one more thing that you can choose to have your employees do along with you know if you do have classes or well a gym at your place you know zumba Mm -hmm. class or you you give them you know money to use at a local gym or whatever this is just one more thing that like can help reduce stress help keep people happier and i mean um even though you know i mentioned those benefits but like there's also the anecdotal stories right so it's like feeling good well your mood is going to be better if you associate that with hey my employer paid for this or or wants me to laugh and feel better it boosts creativity when you're in a good mood like that you know and that that blood is flowing and you're breathing in and out you're you know you're thinking better and you're thinking creatively i know for me like not just the laughter but like when i go for a run i instantly it's that it's kind of like a meditative thing whether it's the laughter whether it's exercise when you're in a meditative place you kind of like let things flow more easily i know that's that works for me because i i'm a dweller and an overthinker so when you're in that meditative flow these ideas pop up and you're like "Ooh, that's a good one mm-hmm. and you also like your problems might be there i know i find this but i don't hold on to them because they're like i'm like oh that argument i had yeah but then it flows out and then something else flows yeah. in so th- you know these are just really good choices that i think people can make on their own and if their employers can offer them it's great too yeah so i kind of want to transition into that a little bit um most workplaces i've ever worked at i mean I mean, especially, I guess, being even health and safety, like it's it's a pretty serious topic, a pretty serious job, um, you know, so there isn't always that much playfulness or fun incorporated in it. And, you know, I guess I want to ask you, do you think that, you know, companies should be considering stuff like, you know, are our employees laughing? Are they having a little bit of fun and connecting in that way because laughter really does connect us like if 
you know, if you have a good time with your coworkers, that just makes when you're at work that much better, right? Because you have stuff to talk about, you kind of relate, you like, you have something to build a relation from and like laughing really, I feel like helps that connection. Um, you know, so I would like to get your opinion. Like if you had to sell laughter to a workplace, do you think there's a place for it in the workplace? And I guess like, what would, what would you recommend for them if they wanted to try to incorporate more of a playful, fun, um, atmosphere well so excuse me of course i'm all for it right (laughs) because i do you know i offer programs to go into the workplace of course i'm for it but i can explain why and not just me like bringing in laughter yoga because i mean you know whether it's bringing in a zumba class i know like i worked at blue cross Mm -hmm. for example for 11 years and they did have after a while not not the whole time i was there but they ended up using one of their buildings they created a gym so it had like um you know it had the uh, the different equipment the weight equipment the treadmills and there was uh, a room that was used for classes so they had a bunch of classes Mm. so that was great I mean and that's one thing that is great but I think offering something different so okay so like I said like for example I'll I'll do mine and then I'll move on so it's not just self-promotional but so with the laughter yoga you don't have to be someone who's like training for a marathon or a 5k even like you don't have to be that person who has uh, you know five different pairs of sneakers you can go over like or you know wherever the the work shops held even if we, if it was online <clears throat> excuse me all you need to know is okay i have to be open to this that it's a little silly and then basically if you're working chances are you can breathe right so that's an easy one you can breathe you can clap and then just laugh so it's it's easier so it's not the same level of fitness so i think it it offers a different option for some people um you know maybe where they're at or where their comfort level is at and then for those other folks who are into uh you know maybe the stronger fitness or like extreme like weights and kettlebells and all that stuff they could still do this for the breath and the breathing so i would say uh so that's that's part of it but Okay, take me out of the equation, my program, Laughter Yoga. I do believe that laughter uh, can be in the workplace. And I think um, I would read articles years ago where they're like different things that you could do that are more quote unquote playful uh, because there's also research and the Washington Post article, New York Times articles, many articles about the value and benefit of play for adults because we do lose that sense we get so serious and i think employers unfortunately are afraid okay why would i want my employees playing why would i want them laughing why would i that's so and because they don't take a step back and go okay first of all the research is there read it and second of all trust your employees right it's not like Mm -hmm. if you allow them if you do a workshop or you have a room where you allow them to go and just maybe de-stress and watch a movie or something that they're going to do that all day like i think that's there's a fear Mm -hmm. that i can't trust my employees they'll be laughing all day they Mm -hmm. won't do their job well they'll just be you know silly well a trust that they're adults and and know that the benefits if you allow them the 30 minutes or an hour or whatever or even like Mm -hmm. 15 minutes minutes in the morning 15 minutes in the afternoon to utilize something that stimulates laughter it if you know the research and you're open-minded you're like oh they're coming back to their desk feeling better wow isn't that better for customer service isn't that better for a meeting where they have to share ideas um so i would say for them to look into the research but in addition to things like laughter yoga and exercise i mean I've read articles like having uh, having games, like having a room where it's like they could play Jenga for 15 minutes, um, mm-hmm. have have like different contests that are lighthearted or humorous, like silly hat day or bring in a photo of yourself when you were a baby and have like, you know, uh, now I, I say bulletin board and I know everything's digital these days. So, of course, it would have to be a digital <laughs> billboard, right? You know, it would have to be on the company intranet, but I mean, it could still be done um, ju- now. Mm-hmm. When it comes to humor, I will address this and say, like, you know, I've read things like have a have a humor library where you have books and, you know, jokes that they can share. Well, instantly nowadays, I'm sure that becomes Mm -hmm. like, whoa, whoa, humor. Mm, We've got to watch because everything Mm -hmm. becomes offensive. I would say you Mm -hmm. can probably avoid that if you have like dad jokes, you know, as the quote unquote dad jokes that are like. (laughs) pretty neutral although i do understand the Mm -hmm. age we're in now and again Mm -hmm. i don't want to get political or go off topic but like people can there are people probably who could find literally anything offensive like you know that joke you told was about a llama i happen to like llamas sir you know so it's like you could 
take anything. So I, I would say I don't have an answer yeah. for that because I think that's a tricky, slippery slope. But there yeah. are things that are yep. playful that can lead to laughter. Like I said, the yeah. games, the board games, having fun mm-hmm. contests, like, uh, you know, silly tie day or, yeah. you know, uh, sharing, even sharing memories where it's a workshop where it's like mm-hmm. share funny stories, like anything that would generate that sense of lightness and lightheartedness, whether it yeah. is sharing photos mm-hmm. or ideas or stories or letting them play board games or con- trivia contests, anything that promotes lightheartedness, know that if you have it a little mm-hmm. bit structured, if you're concerned about the workday, and then know that it does bond people together and it does help them. I mean, the research is out there for play, for laughter, for uh, de-stressing. And those are good things. Obviously, that's what you want for your employees. For sure. Because, you know, the better we feel, the better we Absolutely. Work, you and know? you said before about the connection. I think that's so important, too, because so much so happens important. with uh, different personality types where it's like, you know... Uh, you know, okay, outside the office, I don't mind seeing her occasionally at a happy hour, but oh boy, is she tough to work with, or oh boy, is he tough to work with. Mm -hmm. If you're having those internal personality struggles, or even with the boss, like if a boss can show that they can laugh, it's like, hey, look at me, I'm human, Mm -hmm. and I'm not just pushing you for results all the time. We're working together. We're in this together. You know, not to be corny about being on a team, but if you connect, that I think can be so important. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think the more you like connect with someone and the more you see the human side of them, I also feel like you give more grace, you know? So if someone's having a bad day and they're really on, you know, on everyone or something, if you know them and you've bonded with them, you give more leeway and you're like, okay, they're having a bad day. But like, if you don't know them, you're just like, oh, they're grumpy. And like, you know, it's, there's something about when you bond with someone you see them in almost a different light, you know, other than just maybe their position rather than just, you know, Bob the boss or something. You see him as like Bob the person who, you know, has five kids and is really stressed out right now or whatever it be. Um, so I just think there's so much power to knowing people, to bonding, to laughing together. Um, yeah. So I think it's a great thing that could benefit the workplace in so many ways, yeah. you know, and your intentional laughing, like, I think is a great, um, especially great for the workplace. Cause like you said, it kind of removes that. Um, is this going to be offensive to anybody? Yes. Are people going to find this funny? Because like you said, we all have kind of different, um, thoughts on what is funny. So like the intentional laughing is, it's just so neutral, so good for everyone. A great place to start. Um, it's also educational, you know, empowering things that could take away from there. So yeah, I, I love the whole. Laughter yoga concepts, I think it's a great thing to try in the workplace. Um, Yeah, so I was excited to meet you, excited to learn about this. Thank you. you. And I would just, as far as a company, I I don't know if I did a good enough job, but I wanted to mention that a lot of times it does have to be from the top down, obviously, for it to work. The one, uh, I haven't done research, I'll admit, lately, but when I was first getting into this, one of the companies that was always touted was Southwest Airlines because their CEO, you know, he'd have pictures where he was like wearing like a feather boa, like he was having fun. They empowered their employees to do fun things. And in fact, the example that comes to mind is, you know, how you have that safety uh, little spiel that every flight attendant has to give on the airplane where they point out the exits and Mm -hmm. all that. I mean, I flew recently and it's recorded a lot of times, but with Southwest Airlines, they were pretty much famous for or known for allowing and empowering their uh, flight attendants to communicate that seemingly boring message Mm -hmm. in any way they wanted to uh, i'm sure within reason but there were ones that would sing about it they've done raps about it Mm -hmm. they so they and those would end up on youtube because they were literally they were told they can present this in a way that's engaging so uh and again i know anymore with humor and it's such a slippery slope but the thing about humor too is that a lot of times people will pay attention and they'll remember so that's Mm -hmm. i mean that uh Mm -hmm. i don't know where they stand nowadays and so much has changed in the world but Southwest Airlines was a good example of from, you know, believing in that playfulness, that lightheartedness from the top down for their employees. And then so it would emanate out and give a a smile to their customers. Absolutely. And I remember seeing a video of a girl wrapping it and I thought like how fantastic because you have to kind of keep things new. Otherwise, if we hear that same message, it just goes in one ear out the other. And the more that you can 
bring people, real people into it, the more they're going to remember it and actually hone in and listen to the message you're saying. And I always try to like keep that in mind when I do trainings, like just because this, you know, has serious elements and serious topics doesn't mean it can't be fun, you know, and we could get up and move around and share stories and laugh about some things and also tell those serious stories that kind of, you know, put us back in our seat. But having that mix, that playfulness, as well as the seriousness, I feel like that always ends with the best um, outcome and uh, feedback. So yeah, absolutely. I love it. And it does start with the top, you know, creating that culture that's going and what that culture is going to foster. Are they going to foster that? Or, you know, I've also seen workplaces where literally if people are like laughing, they're like, get back to work. Um, and it's almost like being happy or, you know, socializing whatsoever is just, it's not, you're not working then. Like they don't want any of that, you know? So it really, culture plays into it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And with these days, everyone being on Zoom, I think it's probably even more important, even if your employees are spread across, across the globe, excuse me. And, and whether it's you choose laughter yoga or whether you choose some kind of, I know there's all kinds of online. Uh, my friend works for Highmark. They did an online wine tasting. I mean, whatever it is, the game Mm. or the fun you want to have, it can be, it's not as ideal, obviously, if you're not bringing them together, but like to, to make sure they're connected, you can do fun things on Zoom too, so that they still are connecting and engaged and doing something something fun. I love that. Yeah. Even doing digital fun stuff. Absolutely. So, you know, tell us if people are interested in you, Janine, and like, you know, bringing in Laugh to Live uh, for some laughter yoga, tell us a little bit of how people can get in contact with you. um, Yeah. And about where they can find your stuff. So I would say uh, go to Facebook and I have a, well, me personally, Janine Luby, L-U-B-Y, or you can look at uh, my Laugh to Live Facebook page. I actually do, um, monthly I'll do a free laughter yoga session. I started that with the pandemic and I've continued it. So like once a month, um, I will I will do some laughter yoga, usually on a Sunday. <clears throat> I got into the habit of doing it on a Sunday morning. So they can check me out at Laugh to Live Facebook or laughtolive.net, N-E-T is my website. Um, there's, you know, a contact form there. They can send me something. Or, of course, on, I'm on LinkedIn, Janine Luby, L-U-B-Y. So, uh, you know, feel free to... I'm also on YouTube, but I mean, I actually have two different YouTube or maybe even three different YouTube channels. <laughs> so, pardon my mess of videos. But if you uh, put in my name, you'll find some stuff, whether it's stand-up <laughs> comedy or, or some laughter yoga as well. <laughs> That's awesome. And then you also have a podcast, right? I do. Uncourt so, with Funny Wine Girl, which Tammy was on. Uh, it's airing... Um, Hmm, I have to every Thursday I have a new episode. So I would say June 23rd. So I don't know when yours is airing here. So if it's late, I apologize. But you can always go back, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you can look Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl and you'll find uh, many episodes out there, including uh, Tammy's talk about uh, no bummers in the summer. So you can learn about (laughs) safety tips there. (laughs) That's right. Awesome. Okay. So anything else before we move on to your guest questions? Any other things um, you want to mention? No, um, you also I, have books. Do you want to mention your books? No, I don't really want to. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, no, it's funny. I self-published them and I've got a couple left, but I'm probably not doing more. So that's fine. I would just say maybe funnywinegirl.com okay. is another uh, one of my well uh, personas, I guess you could say. I do stand-up comedy, usually uh, wineries uh, and different businesses I partner with. Like in August, I'll be partnering with uh, the Vintage Kitchen in Scranton. They do cooking classes. So I always oh, like cool. to, I'm open to different cool partnerships wherever you want to do like a ladies night so funnywinegirl.com is another place they can check me out awesome all right well then let's move on to the guest question okay so number one related to today's discussion if you had to simplify everything you know professionally and personally into one recommendation or piece of advice what would it be Oh, boy. I know you gave me this question ahead of time. And I was like, oh, boy, I don't know. I'll come up with something brilliant on the spot <laughs> because that's the what episode, I do. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, of course, I didn't think of one. I, I, I truly would just say um, don't overthink and and do like whether it's the laughter yoga, like obviously laughter is what I'm promoting. I would say just be open to things and try them. Um, even if they do make you feel uncomfortable, just, you know, I hate to do cliche like, uh, Nike, just do it. But I know I'm an overthinker and whether it's exercising or even, you know, doing the laughter yoga, letting thoughts in my head take over 
kind of quiet, quiet the naysayer in you if you have it and, and do and choose the positive, embrace it. I love it. All right. Two, what are two pieces of content you recommend to everyone and or anyone related to health, safety, wellness in the broadest of sense? So this could be mental health, spiritual health, financial health, and in any medium such as podcast, YouTube, book or media or movie. So any two pieces of content that you really promote. Okay. Well, I took it, I did look at this before, uh, and I actually, um, I did put it in the context of what I do. Um, but, uh, laughteryoga.org, you can learn about Dr. Kataria, who started Laughter Yoga. And I already mentioned Norman Cousins, the anatomy yes. of illness as perceived by a patient. I would mention a podcast called The Happiness Lab, and it's mm-hmm. Dr. Lori Santos, uh, who is a professor at Yale. I took her online course, uh, through, I think it was Coursera, Science of well-being so she her her course it was kind of like a big to do about this so many young people signed up for it at yale so she also has this podcast where this is this isn't just laughter this is wellness it talks about uh, the science of well-being so a lot of it talks about you know the research behind gratitude behind you know what happens when people get burnt out um all different things that we're all dealing with in this this busy world that we live in so i would recommend the happiness lab podcast Awesome. And I have listened to a couple episodes of it. Really good stuff. Um, All right. Three. What is one of your favorite quotes and why? Okay. I did look at this one too. (laughs) (laughs) Again, though, I put everything in terms of laughter. So you'll have to forgive me because there are great quotes out there by Van Gogh. Um, He's my favorite artist. And uh, Mm. I love a lot of the quotes that are attributed to him, but I did not I will not botch them by doing them from memory. So I will mention the ones that I like, which uh, Milton Berle said, laughter is an instant vacation. And I love that because um, it's that idea of what laughter is meant to do, whether you're, if you're having a really stressful moment or day or whatever, it doesn't erase that, but it it does let you put pause, like a pause on it and go, okay, I'm going to escape this for just a moment and allow myself to feel better, which is what vacation is. And then I would, I would mention one other. So if you think you're having, a bad day and you think, oh, what is there to laugh about? Uh, Dr. Viktor Frankl is a person who wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. He was a psychologist who was in a concentration camp and he did make it out. Obviously, he wrote this book, but he it is amazing to me what he went through and the fact that he wrote uh, in his book that humor was another of the soul's weapons in the fight for self-preservation. So, imagine you're having a bad day and think of this man who is in a concentration camp who actually found a way to to use humor to preserve himself and his soul so wow yeah definitely powerful have to check that out too um the last one four completely outside of your line of work what are three things you really enjoy doing for yourself Okay, so if, if laughter is my line of work, I still like to laugh. So <laughs> it's kind of fun yeah, work, right? right? <laughs> but um, what do I like to do for myself? Um, I, I I don't like it's funny because I'll say run when people ask me, although I don't quote unquote like running. I like the results of running. So uh-huh. I have done like I've done uh, I've run in two marathons and I've done a bunch of halves and 5Ks. And so I've slowed down recently, but that is time for me. Uh, it's hard getting, as I said before, that that cliche of just do it. It is true because I'll lay in bed and go, well, where should I run today? Oh, and how many, you know, what should I do? It's like, just have the sneakers ready, get up mm-hmm. and go because I do like it. It actually is a great way for me to generate uh, material for my comedy when I'm running yeah. ideas pop into my head. And then of course I feel better. So I do that. Yeah. Um, I do love to support local uh, art and different events in Scranton, like first Friday. I enjoy that. Um, and as, as kind of boring as it is, I love sitting on my back deck and looking at the birds at the bird feeder and then chasing the squirrels off of it. So my blood pressure is lowered by the Cardinals and it increases like (laughs) this morning when I chase them off. And we have anyone who knows me knows that squirrels have been my nemesis since I've been like a teenager. Um, For some reason, it's just I believe the universe put them in, in my in my view so that I would learn to relax because years ago, a little crazy story I'll share and I don't know what this is going to make me look like, but I used to bang on the window to get them off the bird feeder and the one yep. day i did it and the the uh, glass this is right up your alley it's safety uh the glass smashed 
Oh, no. So I'm cleaning up the glass and I look out and the uh, ninja squirrel is laughing at me, swinging on the bird feeder like, yeah, what's up? And I was like, okay, never again. So I kind of got away from the habit of banging on the window. Uh, although I, I, I still chase them now with a broom. But anyway, I believe they were put here in the universe to kind of teach me uh, about myself and to calm down. That and to, But yeah, so I like watching the birds. That's joyful for me when I when they're not being, you know, ousted by a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, we actually got like really into that during the pandemic. I think a lot of people did too. We actually like got more bird feeders and we call it our animal sanctuary. Um where we'll put like some corn and stuff out for the squirrels and different things and um yeah, so now I know like all the calls of different birds and I'm like, wow, I feel like a Disney princess or something cuz you go out there with the food and the birds are coming flying down and the squirrels and the chipmunks and I'm like but (laughs) yeah so it has been great but do you have one of those uh the cones on the bird feeder so the squirrels can't run up it so i i could talk on this for a whole podcast episode because this the idea of squirrel proof is a myth let me tell anyone who's listening it is a myth i have watched youtube videos i have tried the slinky the slinky just gives them stares they're like fred astaire going up these stairs i i've tried the baffle i think they call it the thing and they still manage to get around it i don't know if it's just scranton squirrels but i've literally tried pretty much everything they are ninja squirrels they are truly ninja squirrels i will tell you the one thing that seems to be working and it's not obviously in the in the morning they're still getting on it but getting a food that the birds really love um Mm -hmm. i was getting like a wild mix and this last time around i got the black oil sunflower seeds and it has it has attracted more birds so that is pretty much what i've found to work for the most part Uh, the more birds uh, that are on there the squirrels have to stay on the ground because there's no room at the end for them when the, nice. and, you know, and it's funny because I, again, I'm telling you, I'm not, no joke. I could talk about squirrels forever, but um, <laughs> I've had people kind of not chastise me, but I guess they think they're enlightening me when they say, well, you know, Janine, that's part of nature too. And they're God's creatures and they need to eat too. And I go, eh, sorry, here's my line of thinking <laughs> on that. They are resourceful and they can be bullies they will eat anything out of the garbage i've seen them run across the street with a half-eaten bagel in their mouth they will find food so they don't need to be ousting my poor little birds that's my thought on that that is hilarious i thought about this a lot as you can tell uh yeah well you know maybe we'll have another episode strictly on squirrel behavior i think i was a squirrel in another life (laughs) right or picked on by a squirrel that's exactly whatever creature they go Mm. after i was that creature you were that creature (laughs) well it was absolutely great talking to you janine and i hope we were able to make people laugh a little bit today or at least get them interested enough into bringing laughter into their everyday life and using it as another tool for our wellness and you know we all could use some more laughter so thank you for coming on and empowering us thank you for having me like i said i do really love i do believe in it wholeheartedly and uh, i will say too that you know it's funny people are like i've met through the years you must always be laughing i'm like no i'm a human being who curses who is whatever mm-hmm. so it's like we're we're multifaceted people but this is just one piece that we really can tap into because it can help balance the other stuff so um i love being able to talk about it and thank you so much for giving me this opportunity and i hope people do uh find a way to laugh at just something today whatever whatever it yeah. takes as long as it's not mean-spirited go for it <laughs> that's right watch your comedies you know there's a reason why we turn to you know our sitcoms or comedy movie because it does it makes you feel good yeah. i know when i'm feeling really down like i'll put on my favorite you know comedy or show and just laugh you know whether it be the office or parks or rec or you know whatever even if you've seen her a bunch of times i like it even better because i know it's gonna make me laugh yes and there's you know there's even research about that i don't want to keep going but there's even research yeah, about I've, the anticipation yeah. of a punchline so when you know it's coming oh nice, that makes you nice, feel good right? that's like i will watch seinfeld sure over and over the office over and over yeah yep yeah so awesome get out there and laugh today people and until next time see ya thank you so much for joining us on this episode all show notes and guest bios can be found on our website at myhealthandsafety.com that's myhealthandsafety.com if you enjoyed our content make sure to like share and subscribe to our channel finally here's a sneak peek on what's to come next week See y'all then.
And so everyone has a little piece that they have to play, some bigger than others. And do they know that? Do they know how they fit into it? And do they know why we need them to fit into it? And I think that's the most important part is the why, is if people understand why, they're more likely to do it. And it's all part of that bigger system. And it's funny, you have the procedural systems and then you have the people part of it. And if the people aren't part of it, you've kind of missed it. 